Happy Term Limits Day, February 27th. Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement, published on February 26th, 2024. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Tomorrow is Term Limits Day. Don't forget to wear your Term Limits t-shirt, put your Term Limits Congress sign in your yard, or whatever it is you plan on doing to celebrate. At this late hour, I suggest, if you don't have anything else planned, at least send a happy Term Limits Day, February 27th message to all your friends on social media tomorrow. If you need an image to go with your Term Limits Day message, feel free to swipe one from us at our website, termlimits.com. I'm seeing plans for sign wavings and other events around the country. Thank you so much for showing public support each February uh, for this beloved American tradition. Showing public support is practical. It helps out on all of our projects, including getting candidates to sign our pledges, to vote for the term limits resolution in the legislature, for fundraising, of course, and discouraging politicians from trying to overturn existing term limits. All these politicians need to be reminded all the time that the people support this idea. Speaking of showing public support for Term Limits Day, I have to single out the sitting governor, again, of our nation's third largest state, Ron DeSantis of Florida. The governor hit the road last week to promote the Term Limits Convention. Now, Florida's already passed the resolution and reaffirmed its support in a second vote this year. But last week, Governor DeSantis visited the capitals of South Carolina and Indiana to meet with legislators to advocate for the tournaments convention bills in those states. Isn't that something? DeSantis also had the opportunity to speak to state and national media about the responsibility of the states to work together to use their constitutional power under Article 5 to rein in a dysfunctional U.S. Congress. Uh, One of the things that uh, I did back in the day when I was a U.S. congressman was sponsor a constitutional amendment for term limits for members of Congress. Now, as you can imagine, that went over like a lead balloon amongst people that were already U.S. congressmen. But uh, we have, it's been something that I've advocated for a long time, having traveled the country in the last year, the number of people that have asked about support for term limits uh, is incredible. Uh, It was something that came up all the time. And so we in Florida had certified many years ago uh, at a proposed amendment under Article 5 of the Constitution, which states are permitted to do, uh, for term limits. We've do, our legislature's doing it again this year. Uh, There's a total of six states who've recently done this. I was just in Indiana today meeting with some of the senators there. Their house has done it. I think their Senate's gonna do it too. Uh, North Carolina, I believe one of the houses has done it. So I was able to meet with some of the senators here because I think this is something that the people in the states have the ability to propose changes to discipline Washington. The founding fathers structured the constitution like that for a reason. I think it's something that would get huge support. And the one thing I've noticed is it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, independent, male, female, white, black, rich, poor, people support term limits for members of Congress. Uh, We've seen what's happened up there. It's been really poor performance for decades now. The incentives are not right. We need to change the incentives. Term limits is one way to do it. And so my hope is that that states, uh, particularly states that want to see big changes in Washington, will use the power that they have 
to advance these really important proposals uh, like term limits. But we have the ability in the states working together uh, to propose some, some really important changes uh, that are going to be beneficial to this country. The governor tweeted out this clip after the South Carolina event and received coverage from national media. So why is he doing this? It's pretty clear why. First, because he's an advocate of term limits at all levels of government and always has been. But also because he sees this movement is succeeding. You know, the progress being made just over the last year has persuaded him that it is worth his time and energy to get involved. Indeed, I outlined some of the progress being made already in 2024 on the last podcast. Three states have passed the tournaments convention in one house this year. Tennessee, North Carolina, and Indiana. The tournaments convention resolution was introduced in Georgia, Kentucky, and Idaho also last week, joining the growing number of states where the bills are being considered. We have an important committee hearing on the tournaments convention coming up Wednesday this week in Nebraska. Um, and Oh, and also on Thursday in Kansas. And we probably have one on Idaho too this week, although we don't have a date yet. Here's Holly Robichaud with a couple of excerpts from her YouTube program, Breaking News on Term Limits, with a few additional updates. Over the past two weeks, we saw an additional 41 state legislative candidates sign our pledge. That's right, an additional 41. The number of legislative candidates continues to exponentially increase weekly, all because people like you who support term limits and the power that you have at the ballot box. We have breaking news coming out of Congress. Three more members officially co-sponsored our resolution to propose a term limits amendment on Congress. That's right, three new members, two incumbents in the House, Representative Young Kim and Representative Michelle Steele, both of California, just co-sponsored House Joint Resolution 11. Also in the U.S. Senate, Nebraska Senator Pete Ricketts, just co-sponsored Senate Joint Resolution 2 for term limits on Congress. That brings our total number of members on our bills on Capitol Hill to 126. That's right, 20 senators and 106 representatives. This is an amazing news and we thank them for all the support. Congressional candidates across the nation of all political affiliations are continuing to see the widespread support that congressional term limits has. Over the past two weeks, we have seen an additional 26 congressional candidates sign our U.S. term limits pledge. For months now, we've seen an exponential trend in new pledge signers. When this election season comes to an end, it'll be our highest number ever. Thanks, Holly. So sure, this is why a sitting governor has time to work on this project. He is an ambitious man, and he sees it as a winner. This is a public service announcement. Governor Ron DeSantis isn't the only one who sees the Article 5 convention process as the key to fixing Washington. Not necessarily by actually holding a convention to propose amendments, but as a lever to pressure Congress into doing so. Harvard Law professor and a one-time Democratic candidate for president, Larry Lessig, made his case at an event at the state capitol in Maine a couple weeks ago. So if you've heard anything about an Article 5 convention, you will have heard that it's never happened in America, and that the only way we've ever amended the Constitution is for Congress to propose amendments that then the states will ratify. But that fundamentally misstates our history. 
Because if you look at the most important amendments in American history, three of them were proposed because we had a civil war. Nobody wants a civil war today. But every one of the other important amendments, including the Bill of Rights, as well as the amendments that made senators elected by the people in a state, and all of those amendments came because there was an Article V convention movement that got states around the country to say, we want a convention to address whatever issue they want to address. Uh, and then when Congress saw the number of states calling for a convention was getting close to the number necessary to convene a convention, Congress was terrified. And so Congress then proposed the amendments the convention calls were demanding. That's the strategy we need today. We need states to convene a call for conventions to address the critical issues that America faces. And term limits, of course, is one of those critical issues. And if we get close to the number necessary to call a convention, I'm absolutely certain that Congress will then propose the amendment, if only to stop that convention movement. So we need to understand how constitutional change in America has happened. And the convention movements have been central to that transformation. Next, more Florida news. We've discussed the bill winding its way through the Florida legislature to term limit all the county commissions in the state that are not already term limited. This bill has momentum, and it follows on the heels of a bill just last year that limited all Florida's school boards to eight years in office. Naturally, this means that county commissioners all over the state are sending tax-funded lobbyists to Tallahassee to try to crush the taxpayers' demand for term limits. No surprise there. U.S. Term Limits Executive Director Nick Tombalides lives in Cocoa, Florida, and made the trek to Tallahassee last week to take him on. And boy, does he, as always. Let's listen to his latest testimony. Asked to decide whether prison bars were a good idea. Would it make sense to bring a bunch of prison inmates in here to give an opinion? decide that. If you answered no, then why in God's name would you let a bunch of county commissioners and their lobbyists tell you whether term limits is a good idea? The opponents of this bill have a conflict of interest that would make Richard Nixon blush. They all stand to lose power, prestige, and influence if term limits pass. A college freshman would fail a basic ethics class for not demanding that such a conflicted group recuse itself from this debate. So who should decide? The people of Florida should decide. And we have spoken loud and clear in favor of term limits. There's a new poll from respected pollster Scott Rasmussen shows that 76% of Floridians specifically favor eight-year term limits for county commissioners. Do small county voters, rural voters feel differently as we've heard? Absolutely not. In small counties, support is even higher. There it's 81%. This is the most popular and bipartisan issue in our state. It's more popular than any politician. It's more popular than Beaches, Pub Subs, and Taylor Swift. And it's easy to see why. <laughs> term limits, hey, spitting fire here. Um, term limits inject new energy and ideas into statewide offices, our legislature, and countless local positions. The President of the United States has an eight-year term limit. If eight is enough for the leader of the free world, why would any county official need more time to do their job? Sadly, the opponents of this bring bill, for a landing. Yeah, the opponents have not been honest with you. They've said it should be decided at the local level, but guess what? It's not even legal. 47 of our 67 counties have no charter. When a county has no charter, that means from a legal standpoint, 
It has made a decision to have its government structure determined right here by the legislature, by the Florida Constitution, here at Monroe Street. That is how non-charter counties are operated. You aren't taking away local control. The locals have handed you controls. And by the way, just because a county has a charter, that's not a guarantee the citizens can get term limits. Pinellas County voted in 1996 overwhelmingly for this. Guess what the politicians did? They just ripped up the law. They never stuck it in the charter, even though the citizens did everything right at the local level. So you have an imperative to pass this bill and deliver the term limits that the people want. Thank you. Last, let's say goodbye to Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Elected in 2017, the former Marine is coming on eight years in office. By his lights, that means it's time to retire from Congress and move on. I was an outsider. I'd never run for anything before, and I really felt like we needed to get back to the model of a citizen legislator. You serve for a season. You don't do it as a career. Congress should not be a career. We have too many career politicians. So eight years, my term limit is supposed 12 years. I always had in mind this being just a season of service, not a long-term career. Well, to misquote Billy Joel, only the good retire from Congress young. Representative Gallagher has definitely been good on the issue of term limits. Early in his term, he and a bipartisan group of congressional colleagues met with the president, then Trump, to urge him to act on his ostensible support for congressional term limits. Now, recall at the time, congressional term limits had received verbal support, at least, from both Presidents Obama and Trump. Not a lot came out of it, but it was sure helpful to get air cover from the White House. We miss it. Let's hear from the freshman Mike Gallagher talking about one of his favorite causes. After reading through some reports about your meeting with the president, it sounds like everyone was on the same page with this issue. And you've said in the past you wanted to bring some Wisconsin common sense to Washington, D.C. So how do you feel it went? Uh, I feel the meeting went extremely well. The president seemed highly supportive. He pledged his support and obviously on the campaign trail, as you played, had talked about term limits as part of the Drain the Swamp effort. He also said he was genuinely impressed with the enthusiasm of the group, the fact that it was a bipartisan group, and the fact that this was coming from a group of freshman lawmakers. And what's unique about our proposal right now is that we propose to apply it to our class and all subsequent classes so it phases in over time and thereby perhaps overcomes the objections of many people that have been there for a while here. And they would just fade away over time as a new system phases in. All right. You know, back in October of 2016, then-candidate Trump said he would propose this six-year limit for members of the House and 12-year limit for senators. Your group has set a goal to put out your ideas and insights to present to the White House, but you say you still need to settle on some of the language to phase them in. So can you give us some of the specifics on that? Well, we're hoping to finalize our agreement this week, and we want to maintain that bipartisan group. And we're just having a debate about what's the appropriate split. We're talking about 12 and 12 right now, and then again, it would phase in over time, which we think is a unique proposal because it says our class is stepping up to lead on this issue. And I just believe this is an idea whose time has come. Over 80% of the American people support term limits. So I understand there's going to be opposition from a lot of my colleagues, but I'm not exactly sure how you can defend the status quo. Uh, you referenced uh, my service. I spent a lot of time in the Marine Corps where I saw something remarkable. I saw young men and women from across this country who were willing to work together despite their different backgrounds to get a difficult job done. In D.C., I've seen the opposite. I've seen people that put their careers ahead of the country or worry more about their reelection than they do about getting stuff done. So I think we need a change. And I think term limits are a way of getting us back to that model of the citizen legislator that the framers had in mind and forcing everyone in Congress to treat their time here like a deployment and not like a career. 
And, and you talked about the percentage there. So how will you and the other first-term lawmakers deal with what is expected to be fierce resistance from the, you know, what they call the old guard in Washington? What do you say to those who are opposed to term limits who say, you know, we have an election process. Why does there have to be a term limit? And by the way, we'd have to change the Constitution to do this. How, how do you fight back on that? Uh, I would say if that's the case, if elections are a natural term limit, then why is it that Congress has a 96% incumbent reelection rate? At the same time, Congress as an institution has a 12% approval rating, lower than cockroaches and colonoscopies. <laughs> Those two things don't add up because of the structural <laughs> advantages of incumbency and because we've strayed so far from the model that Jefferson talked about, where he said you'd step up for a season of service and then go home, and you wouldn't use the office to enrich yourself. And if you don't believe that's happening, well, then Harry Reid has some real estate in Nevada that he'd like to sell to you. So it may seem like a lost cause, but the history of our country is filled with seemingly lost causes that now seem like self-evident truths in retrospect. And as we mentioned at the top, this is a bipartisan effort. Um, how do you see this playing out? You've got a pretty good size uphill battle. Do you think you'll be able to move the needle anytime soon? As we mentioned before as well, uh, you know, this has been proposed for a long time. Well, the bipartisan nature of this, I think, is critical. I wrote an op-ed a year ago with another freshman member who's a Democrat from Silicon Valley who supported Bernie Sanders. So the two of us don't agree on much, but we agree on this, and we agree on other elements of uh, congressional reform and draining the swamp. And I continue to get asked about that from people across the ideological spectrum back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, who really support this idea. Having the president's support is crucial, but it's not going to be easy, so we're going to have to make the argument to House leadership that our proposal, once we finalized our agreement, deserves its day in the sun and deserves a vote on the House floor. Thank you, Mike. And here's to a happy term limits day, February 27th to you and everyone else. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The term limits convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the term limits movement. To check on the status of the term limits convention resolution in your state, go to termlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution, or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to turnlimits.com slash donate termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Find us on most social media at U.S. Term Limits. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and now LinkedIn. U.S.T.L. Yeah.